you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The Around the NFL Podcast is in Greg's stable of boys. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room filled with some heroes, Chris Wessling and Greg Rosenthal. What up, boys? Hey, Dan. I thought You just forgot someone else entirely that's I know, in the room. I didn't, but usually if it's all four of us, it's a room filled with some heroes. But the room is filled, and, and the man sitting to Wes's left is a hero. He is... Mm. The great, the iconic Dave mm. Damashek. The inimitable. Hello. Hi, Dave. Come on, player. <laughs> oh, I, don't, I don't need that introduction. I don't What's up, that. Dave? Welcome back to the Around the NFL podcast. What's the poop, fellas? You guys are still doing this. Still happening. It's Good still happening. You. I'm happy for Good you guys. For you that's, that's awesome. Dave is riding high doing a media tour around the whole country after the wild success of Football <laughs> Baby. This has turned – this has been – this is it. Football well, Baby. listen, gotta I thought it would be – ride him to the top. Who knew? I thought it would be a cute little thing to see which direction a 10-week-old – maybe it's a little, you know, questionable to do that with a child, to use them as a prop. But yes. I thought it would be fun just to see, you know, him tip – you know, if you haven't noticed, if you set an infant up, they eventually will tip over to one side or the other. <laughs> Therein lies the premise of football, well, baby. I, but then he went four and zero. Oh. He went four perfect. and zero. Oh. Yeah, if you haven't, if you haven't seen it, check it out. Google. Yeah, football look it up. Baby. Football baby. You'll find it. Dave, I'm curious if you're how old? Ten weeks. Ten weeks. Because uh, we have children very close together in age. As a noted media personality, mm. where does it sit within deep within you if football baby becomes more famous than you in the next couple weeks or months? Well, I mean, we've already started to confront that difficult uh, subject, you know, mm. and I ultimately decided it was in my best interest uh, to ride his coattails as much <laughs> as I possibly can. You're so going to be the, the creepy now. stage dad yeah, guy? Yeah, I'm all in nice. now. I've, I mean, listen, there were 48 hours of some, uh, you know, some real heavy thoughts there, and I don't mind telling you things got pretty dark. <laughs> I, I sat in my home, you know. Flowering. And, you know, my, 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 my home, which is sparsely decorated – 
save a, uh, a fold-out uh, card table and a naked light bulb hanging from above. I, I stayed awake two nights in a row. I didn't get a wink of sleep with, uh, with a bottle of whiskey and emerged, I think, better for the recognition that, hey, it's, football baby's where it's at. It's savvy because, you know, good-looking man in his 40s, you know. <laughs> Wait, where are we going? I'm this? just saying, <laughs> this, this business has an expiration date for guys based on their looks. It's like now you got to kind of switch it over. Speaking, speaking of uh, <laughs> good-looking men in their 40s, I just really w- real quick, I got a mysterious package from uh, England. The Royal Mail stamp ah. is how I knew where it was from. No note. But it was John Hamm, who we had wow. a, a casting associate associate say that I would play John Hamm if we casted. Who was uh, that associate? Well, it was my wife, but oh. that's beside the point. <laughs> but whoever sent the, the John Hamm, whoever yeah. sent the John Hamm head, and that's what it looks like. That's, that's John Hamm. Creepy that friend of yours, by the way, Dave, as we know. Uh, whoever sent that, thank you, the mystery person. Uh, it's pretty creepy, and I could wear it actually on Halloween when the kids answer the door. I'm sure that won't look weird at all. <laughs> I'll just be wearing like an open bathrobe and the John Hamm head. That's, <laughs> that's no good. No, not at all. Anyway, so we got a big show today. This is our uh, Wednesday show. We get excited about it. Greg, you didn't have any comments about the John Hamm head. Are you I just laughed and enjoyed it. It would, it would be pretty scary, though. If you really want to scare some kids, I think that'll do it. That's yeah. the Mad Men <laughs> slick-haired uh, yeah. version of Ham. That's, that's Ham perfection. Uh, TD, behind the glass, how are you, buddy? What's going on, guys? Really excited. Could anyone guess why? Why? Some, oh, no. Some kind of nerdy Marvel stuff. Because you've got, you've got all stuff. your favorite podcasters in one studio. Well, that's one option. Something this involving sci-fi or superheroes. By the way, this is TD's hell, by the way. It's uh, us who we're always annoying TD to do various things at his job. And Damshek TD, his who has famously really, yes. Yes, adversarial relationship. <laughs> It's almost like I would I would look under the table for a bomb or something. I don't I don't know. <laughs> Normally you would be yes you would be wise to do that. But today no, it's the start of the NBA season tonight. Mm. Really, oh. Well, it started yesterday. It was some week games. The Lakers played. Who cares about them? But also two the champions played. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say what if on a Sunday you if you really want to round it out we should do this same group recording a podcast and while NFL football's on and no soccer. That would be that would be hell for, <laughs> no, no. for Black Tide. But the other thing I'm really excited for, as Wes said, Marvel did announce uh, the next nine uh, movies. The Around the NFL podcast movie is not hasn't been announced yet, but, you know, still in the works. <laughs> Enough. You know what? I saw that all over Twitter and Facebook. I'm Everybody trying to keep just you guys relax in the with this stuff. I'm trying to keep you I guys don't have in the know. I'm going to see the Avengers Part 2. Okay. I saw the first There's one. There's now a 3 and 4 now. Uh, that's where everybody's got to calm down. Let's see how the second one is first. Please do not keep me in the know. I would rather wallow in my own <laughs> ignorance on uh, this issue. We, so, yeah, we, uh, TD, we have a lot of show to get to, so we should start rolling. We're going to go through Greg's midseason report that is up on NFL.com. Uh, we will uh, talk about teams that we foresee falling off this season despite – Getting off to a nice start in the first half, and we'll also preview the Thursday night matchup, a key NFC South matchup between the Saints and the Panthers. Uh, Before we throw to the news, just a heads up to everyone. Next Wednesday, putting the pressure on the man behind the glass, we will be bringing back Win Greg's Toaster. And so if you want to be the man to take down Greg, the fan of the show, reach out to TD, at Producer TD. And uh, we're going to have a screening process to make sure we have a real challenger for Greg. Greg wants a tomato can. Well, I just want the same. 
opportunities afforded Wesleyan. That's so <laughs> untrue. Guys with like the knuckles dragging on the ground, and yeah, <laughs> it gets like one question right, so that Wes can keep his precious toaster until he had to face some real competition. That's really I face not Shaq. how it was. Well, Shaq couldn't Shaq answer more than a question or two. Shaq He's is good not built for this. He wasn't built. For I don't like. I don't like the pressure. Yeah, you're it. a I, deeply knowledgeable man with football and football history, but. Your I think Shaq knows more. Your I didn't like the clock. You know who wants a piece of? Well, he wanted it a Wesling, and I'm sure Greg uh, Greg Rosenthal would do just fine for him. Elliot Harrison of NFL Media Group. He fancies. I him. love Elliot. He's deep down. He's he's he would deny it, but he's slightly offended that Chris Wesling is the trivia is considered the trivia expert. You know what else offended him? He wants to him. take that down. A couple last week, I he walked into the newsroom and I. I uh, made a joke as he was walking by that he had his shirt done, an extra button, and he just gave me the dirtiest look and looked away. Not even – no joke to it. It was just straight up, I hate you, man. Get out of my life. It was that type of thing. So with Elliot, he could have the Trivia Master title, but he would have to take it from me in a dark alley. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) You boys. That's the sort of heat we need, Black Tie. Put West versus uh, EH, and let's see who wins. Well, first we need to – we don't. That's a that's a side right. battle. We need to get Greg set up the Greg West Titanic rematch, mm. and then maybe Harrison can take on the winner of that. This is all in the future, but for now we need Greg to get uh, get his feet wet. Well, I've as said Buster Douglas is my. Is <laughs> he went my, into a diabetic coma I'm, like eight months after your he won role the title. model. Yeah, he's my role model. <laughs> that I just want to get fat, enjoy the world and women, and make a video game. I don't care. I've already done my big upset. I don't want a rematch. There's no win. There's no winning scenario in that. At producer TD, if you want to. Oh, hashtag in. Greg's toaster. Double G. I don't, I don't appreciate that hashtag one bit. <laughs> hashtag, well, listen, one day you will rise again, Wes. Rosendahl's head is in the 100% right place. That's your move. Leon Spinks, when he beat Ali back in whatever it was, 78 or 79, the right move is to retire I've right tried there. To, I That's tried it. to retire the game. A, a the shadowy league figure uh, no. that you know well by the name of Marvel uh, is is bringing this game back. And no, that does not a window, TD, for you to bring up more Marvel stuff. Well, John Marvel is a big Marvel fan. <laughs> so oh, just saying, I thought well, he was a grown man. Well, he is, as am I, but oh. we're big Marvel fans. Right. Wes, you got to let yourself be in other people's reality sometimes. Gotcha. It's okay. <laughs> All right. So anyway, TD, let's, uh, let's get to some news. It's <laughs> your boy. Wow. Bucky Brooks drop. I like that. Not a Bucky. That's who you want. Ah, Jay-Z. To let people know that that is Jay. And yeah. uh, a lot of talk oh, recently and who's who's who boy and that and this. So I just thought I'll ah. add a little Jay to the proceedings. It's <laughs> your boy. Dead on Bucky Brooks. I can't imagine. What that. So that's why you don't have any time to do any production on <laughs> the DDFP. is because you're getting Jay-Z what? sound all the time. By the way, give us a plug for Dave's uh, podcast. That's it. DDFP. Dave Damashek football program couple times a week in season we kibitz about this that and the other you know it is it baby, is the podcast stuff. from which this podcast was uh it was birthed yeah so. uh famously mark and i we're like the joey we owe an eternal death friend. the debate club yeah it started out with sessler and hanzus coming in on the debate club then greg rosenthal trickled in then came west from the island and it was a terrific time. <laughs> now we're Joni Loves Chachi. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get to the news. We'll start in Washington. Uh, and I guess it would be nice to get a little talk on that Monday night game, which was a classic between the Redskins and the Cowboys, where Colt McCoy stepped up 
and uh, played a very nice game and led the upset victory. However, RG3 now is on the horizon. Robert Griffin the third, who has been out since week two with a dislocated ankle, returned to practice in full on Wednesday, split first-team reps with McCoy. Uh, Jay Gruden, as he's been during this whole process, has played this extremely coy. He said that this is more mental than physical now with Griffin getting him up to speed with the Redskins playing the Vikings on Sunday, and then they have a bye. Uh, there was also, before we came upstairs, a report floating around that, that Griffin will start against the Vikings, but we don't know if that's true or not yet. However, Griffin is very much back on the radar right now. Your thoughts, gentlemen? First team reps. That says he's starting unless there's a setback. Well, he split them. Right, but yeah. he's getting first. If he wasn't going to start. He's starting. Unless yeah, something happens. unless there's a setback, he's starting. I like the people that were like, well, should he be starting? Maybe we should ride Colt McCoy for another week. <laughs> well, first of all, on a human level, you got to be thrilled for Colt McCoy, right? Wasn't that a nice oh, thing? That you know, even though, speaking of retiring right away, he should just get out of the mix. That's the perfect answer for yeah, him. Yeah, especially He'll doing it in Texas, of all places, for him to do that was great. I always thought it was hokum that, you know, the, the notion that anybody outside, you know, that w would uh, should be considered. I wonder, though – with Jay Gruden, how does this affect him in the locker room that he more or less advocated for Kirk Cousins, that Cousins gets it a little bit better, he's a better fit, and immediately Cousins flames out and now is off the radar. Colt McCoy obviously is ahead of him. So what does that mean then? How do you how do you hmm. trust him if you're RG3 or anyone else? Yeah, you're the guy who thought Kirk Cousins was a good idea. But, it's you a good know, question it's because a good question. There, there was some I wish you weren't a liar stuff going on here. He said this week, I never strayed from my answer that RG3 was the guy. <laughs> That's not I true. wish you weren't a liar. <laughs> he strayed far from that answer right about after Kirk Cousins' best game of the year. And he said, look, I'm not ruling anything out. Kirk Cousins could remain the starter all year. I feel like the Gruden family in general, whether they're good coaches or not, it's probably not because all the players are completely trusting of them. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, John Gruden's the same sort of thing where half the players seemed annoyed at him all the time because he would be one way in public and a different way privately and always had different answers, and Jay's kind of the same way. Let's say RG3, though. The thing that's everybody the, – the argument becomes sort of simple if you just say he'll never be right. Next subject. You know, he's just never going to be able to stay healthy, so he's not worth talking about. Let's say – Two years from now, he hasn't missed a game because of injury. Is he a great quarterback? Is he a good one? Is he inconsistent? Where's he at? I think that's the biggest riddle in the NFL. He's right the now. hardest. But I think ever. people always say, just ah, you can't, it's not worth discussing because he's never going to be healthy. So why indulge no. him? Let's not I, waste I our think we don't know him. what he is. I mean, I, over the summer, I went back and watched his rookie year film. I remembered at the time thinking it was mostly him. After watching it, I thought it's mostly Kyle Shanahan and the offense he put him in. I mean, he did extend a lot of plays. He was accurate. I mean, I remember the Giants guys, the Giants defensive players saying, look, this guy's the hardest guy we've ever played against. So a lot of that was him. But that offense was so easy for him to perform in when he did it. I don't know who, I don't know who he is right now. My instinct is he'll be like a Jay Cutler type, which is that middle, middle of the road. That it's you, a good Someone's call. always making a case for him. Someone's always making a case against him. But this Washington team this year – I don't know. They could be playing uh -oh. some meaningful at Was at Minnesota this week. I think they're going to win that. Minnesota. They get a bye week. Then they're home for Tampa Bay. We could be looking at the five and five Redskins in Week Twelve going to San Francisco and being right in the mix. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Other quarterback news from that Monday game: uh, Tony Romo, as we know, suffered the back injury. 
that's being called a contusion, not related to the disc where he's had the surgery. His week nine status is in doubt. Uh, first thing I just want to throw out to you guys, and Dave, I'll, I'll throw it to you. Do you think Romo should have been back in that game? And were you at all weirded out by how hands-on Jero was about the whole situation? Well, Jerry, you know, likes to be in the middle. He likes to be in the eye of the storm or where the cameras are pointed. That's for sure, and which isn't to disparage him. That is who he is. Um, Good answer. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I tagged that just in case yeah, one yeah, of those yeah. shadowy league yeah. figures happens to catch that. Um, yeah, because they couldn't have possibly relayed the news that Romo's ready to play over Garrett's headset. <laughs> he had to be there in person to deliver it. Well, in the moment, I was thinking, wow, this, this is insane. But I thought he had just suffered a disc injury. And I thought, what kind of insanity is this to thrust him back out onto the field? But then it's just a contusion and they give him a shot. I, it really is I one of those things that I feel like – if you're in that moment, you, you don't know if he can drive the ball until you see him try to throw the ball. So I don't think it's a terrible idea. And the, the, the thing I'll say about putting Brandon Whedon going with him, if Brandon Whedon gets picked off, knowing what we know now, it's a different story. If Brandon Whedon gets picked off in, in that last minute and the Redskins win, then people will go crazy about that. You know, they should have. Romo said he was ready to go. They didn't put him back in. Terrible call by Jason Garrett. My, my opinion on it is that Jerry – in his mind, he could see the Sports Illustrated Super Bowl video for the Cowboys, and this was like a, one of the big turning point <laughs> moments of the season where Romo goes down and then Wills reads it back and Jera comes downstairs and says, you put him back in, and then they lead him to the win. There was that and feeling. Like yeah, it all fever seemed, was rising. And clearly, Jerry Jones, who we said loves the spotlight, wanted to be part of this what seemed like a big moment happening, and it kind of farted out. But it's like, <laughs> in, in general, like, it, it, Whedon was playing well, so he should have been in the game. But what do you guys think? Should Romo play this week? My takeaway from that whole incident was that there's no bigger cream puff in America than the modern sports writer. <laughs> they would have gone back in time and tried to convince Willis Reed never to come out of the tunnel because <laughs> if you play a sport, you might hurt yourself. Wait, who was, who was mad about him oh, coming back Oh, Twitter was just crazy. Like, this is dangerous. He could get hurt. Well, you don't know well, from 2,000 miles away. Maybe we yeah. ought to trust the team doctors over a random sports writer who's not within 1,000 miles of the stadium. There I is kind of a hazy – Moral, not that. Look, he should play if they said he it does play. get hazy. They're up keeping on that score. Like, okay, yeah. it, they're keeping score. You play to win if the doctor clears him. Sure, but it, there is something weird about that. Oh, it's of course it's cool. You can get a gigantic Toradol pain-killing injection in your back. Which if we just if we just got that city around, like right. we would be knocked out and high. And but it, it, that's cool. You can do that every week. He did it the week before against. The Giants, too. And, and he underwent an X-ray, which n would not be able to tell what's going on with the disc. It's the MRI. So, you know, we don't know really if the Cowboys were even sure if, if the back was re-injured. That's why it gets a little It's a little. I don't tricky. think he's going to play this week either, just listening to Jones talk. In the moment, though, I'll say that it uh, it's hard to make that judgment right then and there. And I guess that's why a head coach gets head coach loot. But it does seem to me that it, as an organization, as a head coach and as Jerry Jones – if you said, well, you know what, Tony, I love that you want to get back out there, but I'm not going to let – I care about you as a guy. I would think that would go miles for the remainder of the 2014 season for the Cowboys to feel like they're in it. I think that matters. Mm. To be feel, to feel like – the, the good vibes of Seattle were a major factor in them going all the way last year. That, that feel-good atmosphere, we're a family, works, I feel like. And Jason Garrett doesn't cut that figure of a lovable head coach, you know. And it almost flipped the other way. If 
if uh, the Redskins had just fallen off that fumble after they blasted Ro <laughs> fallen on yeah. that fumble after they blasted Romo, yeah. they would have won the game right there, and it would have just felt like this huge disaster. Absolutely. The New York Jets are moving away from Geno Smith, perhaps for good. Rex Ryan officially announced Monday that the quarterback will be benched in favor of Michael Vick for Sunday's matchup against the Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, Ryan said, had this to say, I feel right now that this is the right move. Uh, not a very tough decision, Wes, for a guy that played one of the worst quarters of football in the history of mankind <laughs> on Sunday, right? Yeah, John Isaac came out this week and said he doesn't know oh if he is a franchise quarterback. Well, we we didn't need him to tell us that. The fact that you yanked him is proof that you don't know if he's a franchise quarterback. And now we've seen Geno Smith melt down in two different years for extended periods of time. It just points to at some something's not clicking with that guy. And I mean, he he can move the ball at times, but just, just too many meltdowns. Yeah, and Idzik, uh, I really think he dug his own grave with that press conference on Monday where – you know, the the New York media, which was already out to get him before this, this, seized on this as a moment, and he did himself no favors by the way he, he, he presented himself and didn't then didn't give any answers to any of the questions that they had. So he seems to be caught in a, like a, a cyclone of doom right now in New York. I'd be surprised, Woody Johnson, who, who very much cares what's in the papers, I'd be surprised if these kept around. I think they're going to clean house after a 3-13. and 13. But is is – Mike, I don't think he's going to keep the job for good, Michael Vick, that is. I think he'll have it for a week or two because Michael Vick's been a disaster when he's been sure. on the field. If, I feel like if he had looked good in the offseason at any point, they would have been happy to play Michael Vick a little earlier, but it doesn't seem like he was practicing well. And that's kind of hasn't been talked about. I mean, Michael Vick right now is in the top ten in the league and fumbles this year. He's played five <laughs> quarters. He's just four fumbles and how yeah. many interceptions? He's been a disaster the two times he's stepped out there. So if he goes to Kansas City this week and he's terrible, I, I think they're only going to stick with him for a week or two and go back to Geno. First of all, Michael Vick is going to go to Kansas City, and he is going to emerge victorious with the Jets is uh, is one big prediction. As Wes raises his arms yeah, in the Yeah, Wes picked well. the Jets to win, Both too, already. Them. We're getting ahead of ourselves, but what the well, heck? I I picked this one. I thought I was alone against the rest of America. The Davey. narrative all week is the Jets are such a train wreck. They can't do anything right. They're embarrassing. Idzik's press conference just turned the whole country against them. All accurate. Everybody, they had the one of the worst, most embarrassing games. They're just a mountain of mess. I think <laughs> That's usually fair. when the whole country decides on something like this, the opposite happens. They're not a talentless bunch. They're faulty totally at QB agree. and have a terrible secondary. Yeah, but the, Chief, the Chiefs are good, and they're at home, so Chiefs I don't are feel average. Chiefs are a good team. They're average. There's they, averages an NFL team get. That they're, they're playing well every week. There's averages an NFL team get. To continue my Vic point, what, 46% completions. He's averaging 3.6 yards per attempt. So that's – that's not even in the Gabbard zone. We need small to sample size. We need to create a new zone. That's scary. very small sample <laughs> sub Gabbard zone. That is fifty six throws. I mean, that's very small. For sample the record, though, I'm with Hyanzus one hundred percent, who made the point. I think it was last week on Twitter that Idzik's terrible drafting is going to cost Rex Ryan his gig, and it it just seems loco. Is there any chance that Woody will see it this way and say, Idzik, no. look, you're the problem. We retain Rex. He, here's the thing that everyone I always defend Rex but shouldn't the fact that he has absolutely no clue what to do with an entire half of the football which mm. is offense which is probably the more important half when you get down to yeah. it 
matter? I mean, that should matter and something that he has nothing to do with it and no clue what to do. And the tweet that I sent out that you're referring to, Dave, I got a, a lot of feedback from people saying, you know, boo-hoo for Rex. And <laughs> my feeling on it is I actually do think Rex needs to go as well, but I don't think it's fair because Rex has had plenty of time now to build this organization on some level. He's been here six years. But I think it's unfair if Rex gets fired and Idzik gets to hang around because Geno Smith mm -hmm. set the franchise back two years. Clean That's out. a major miss. Sheldon Richardson's the only thing he ever got right. And, you know, that doesn't get you too excited. I think he botched the Darrell Rivas situation twice. So I, in my mm. mind, uh, I think Idzik's got to go. But it all depends on what Woody – wants to do from a patient standpoint. I would like to say this, though, Rosenthal. The idea that the coach, I, I, in my brain, I've always thought, that guy is clearly not engaged at all on the other side of the ball. <laughs> Jason Garrett, I don't think, has a lot to do with defensive schemes, though, in Dallas. John Fox, I'm sure, is not a part of, uh, of Gase and Payton's uh, sessions and so on. You know, I don't think Sean Payton is is down there in, in uh, I think Sean Nola Payton's maybe getting involved. But you're right. That's a fair point that most offensive guys aren't too. But Rex really seems like he's totally hands-on. And he hasn't done good hiring. Then it's your job to hire the right people. And he's hired Tony Sperano and Brian mm -hmm. Schottenheimer and Marty Morningway. He, the Jets will fire him and he'll turn someone else's team around. The, the Buccaneers have uh, – Cut loose Mark Barron, their first-round pick, the number seven overall pick in the 2012 draft. Draft was traded at the deadline on Tuesday uh, to the St. Louis Rams in exchange for a fourth and sixth-round pick, according to Rap Sheet. Uh, what would you guys take away from the Mark Barron era in Tampa Bay? He was drafted to be a hard-hitting guy who had forced turnovers, and he never forced turnovers in Tampa Bay. He was not a playmaker, and that's exactly what he was built to be, which is why he was taken in the top ten picks of the draft. People who are smarter than me have said he's a better fit for the Rams' scheme. Mm. He's not a bad player. He just it's like, oh, he was a ten, top ten pick? I mean, sometimes you'll get safeties like that that are fourth-round picks, that are good at kind of stopping the run. He's not re really that good in pass coverage. He's just one of those, like, oh, what? And they also took him one pick before Luke Keekley. And that was at a time when people thought they were maybe going to take Keekley. They so. could have had Luke Keekley and Levante David. That would have been cool. Here's what's fascinating. Cool. <laughs> uh, first of all, dig up uh, our pals Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks and all the other scouts. Dig up their cold case files on Mark Barron. He was about as uh, guaranteed to be a, a, a big-time NFL player yeah, as anybody in that Barron. draft. But the other factor that's bad, it's the same thing we saw with USC about eight years ago. Guys that emerge from the dom dominant college program, it's hard to figure out how big a factor they were in when they were surrounded by other blue chip guys, Matt Leinart effect and so on. A lot of Bama guys. Some have turned out to be great, but a lot of others have been complete busts. Most Trent Richardson to begin with. Yeah, that's a, almost all of them, it feels like. A couple have been okay, but Alabama's Well, Ingram's turned it around a little bit. Ooh. I mean, until then, you had two guys in a row who were just – Last Sunday night was a showcase for Alabama backs. Eddie Lacy <laughs> had 182 yards from scrimmage. To me, this is, this move, though, is also Lovey Smith and, and Jason Light, their GM, just being like, hey, all those guys that Shiano and Dominic took, they stink. We're going to try to get rid of them, like Vincent Jackson – or Doug Martin or, or Barron's like, we didn't choose those guys. Let's just let's yeah. just dump them. We want it to be clear what we think of them. Because Anthony Collins and Michael Johnson are working out <laughs> so well. <laughs> what um, what number pick was Mark Barron again? Number seven. The number seven pick in the 1999 draft. Who was that? Pop quiz. How would I, how would I know? I don't know. 
Michael Bailey. Oh. oh, nice transition. Well done. Wow. That's gonna just look who just sits back sit and shifts his eyes until he gets his praise. <laughs> Victory. You ask me if I have a God what? complex? Let me tell you something. <laughs> I am God. Champ Bailey is retiring after 15 <laughs> seasons in the NFL. Champ, who uh, came up with the Redskins, was a stud there. Went to the Broncos, was a stud there. Uh, didn't work out with the Saints. Uh, got cut in the summer. Didn't catch on with another team. So the 12-time Pro Bowl selection hangs him up. 207 starts. A first ballot Hall of Famer, right? No doubt. We don't know what a first ballot Hall of Famer is, but you would have to think he ends up there eventually. I thought Marvin Harrison was a first ballot Hall of Famer, so mm, who knows? I wonder what went on there. Yeah. I I um, Wasn't it cool that he retired on the trade deadline day because – he was involved in that the. That he could have been moved. Yeah. Mm. Oh right. He yeah, was involved in one of the trade. few challenge trades that we ever see. Him and Clinton Porras. One of the biggest and really best trades of the last what decade or two. Worked for worked, both teams. Worked out pretty well for both teams. Although Denver, I think, be especially. It would never happen it. today. Why not? Uh, uh, Just shut down backs? corner for yeah, a running back. I wish point. it would. That's what, that is the one thing pro football lacks versus all the other big-time sports. I'll say two things. One, kudos to Champ's parents. It's not his given name, but at an early age, he was <laughs> Champ, and his brother is boss. And what? they both wind up playing pro football. But imagine if they didn't. It's the same thing I always say about uh, Merlin Olson's parents. That infant emerges, and they decide, let's name him after a fictional medieval <laughs> wizard. What if he ends up being a janitor? Hey, Merlin, <laughs> Clean stall up three is clogged. <laughs> you mind getting the, working your magic on that one there, friend? Get your magic wand out, Merlin. Hey, champ. <laughs> clean up on aisle seven, you know, <laughs> that it becomes a sarcastic. Yeah, yeah. so it's condescending. Like. <laughs> um, and the other thing is with with that, though, the first ballot Hall of Fame thing I always think about is, uh, again, it goes back to this. Th the voters of who goes into the Hall of Fame really do make this vote up on Mount Pius. When oh, they yeah. do it like, hey, oh, no, he's a Hall of Famer. You understand? He's not a first ballot. Hall. <laughs> is he in the Hall of Fame or not? What do you mean? What is your measurement that you're doing? He's and within and the guys who get in. On the first ballot, hold themselves up on yeah, a higher plane than anybody who just gets a gold jacket. But yeah. the voters doing that move of, I, I'll, I'll vote for him. Don't don't worry about that. I'm just not going to give him my first uh, the first vote. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want him getting a big head. You understand? <laughs> but they are charged with that responsibility. It's ridiculous. I think that I think he will though. Just to predict, he will because yeah, he has to. they love the they love the long tail 12 13 time pro bowlers which i i'd prefer the guys who are really dominant for five six so seven I, yeah. years jim bailey really he maybe wasn't quite that guy he was three first time all pros i mean he was he was terrific he's a no no brainer but he wasn't like Darrell revis was in his peak by the way champ if someone calls you champ it's one of the more condescending mm -hmm. things <laughs> one that i hate is when people call mm. me big guy it's like basically hey fatty that's the way I take <laughs> it. So, you know, don't I call always wonder like that. waiters and mechanics. I always wondered how big guys actually yeah. feel about I take it personally. Guys. Especially playing basketball. It's the usual yeah. thing. Like, hey, this, who's well, that's different. It's like if hey, like chubs. a 19-year-old waiter <laughs> or something. Yeah. He's like, what do you need, big guy? It's like <laughs> chief, sport, ace, goose, well, I've biscuit. I've got a son on the way here, and I'm really trying to think of names. You I got, do? I got, I got nothing. And I need something. Oh, there's Champ's no pretty good. champ. This is like this champ. is my Ballywick. Please come to me. We'll All right. to, we'll, BJ Upton. Do you know what that stands for? <laughs> Tell me. Boss Man Junior. It really? fits you. That it fits right. you. <laughs> <laughs> BJ wow. Russell, right. Boss Man Junior. Yep. Uh, that's the coolest name ever. That's awesome.
<laughs> BJ Rosenthal. And Justin just got Justin. I know. I want to be Boss Man Jr. <laughs> Justin is a far superior player, though, so maybe it should be Justin Rosenthal. Yeah, no, that's not that bad. good. All right, so that's it. That's what's happening. Uh, let it. Let's now move. It is the mid-season point of the of, of the season, right? It's hard to figure this out. Cause well, as weeks. we're taping, I think it would be the perf. That it's is exactly mid-season. There's the eight weeks, and we're halfway to week nine. On NFL.com, we have our 2014 NFL mid-season report, and there's all sorts of content from us and others on on.com and NFL Now. And Dave, you doing anything mid-seasony? <laughs> nah. Ooh, awkward. Uh, <laughs> however, no, I cast my vote for the. Uh, you know, whatever the oh, MVP your picks the rest of the year, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, we weren't that. even involved. Yeah, in we that. were. We would, they He's been. We've been getting Ali downstairs. Has been sending us emails like, "Please, guys, we need this." Uh, all right, my fault. Let's we get were, it, let's we get were on emailed it. on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna do this as soon as we get downstairs. Anyway, but so you can see Dave's picks though for the Super Bowl alongside ow. luminaries well, like what Judy we did Batista was and what, Michael Silver. What Bucky Brooks and I did was because it's the week when the college football Final Four gets unveiled for the first time. But we did what's going to be the final four of the NFL, not based on where they're seated currently because that goes off of the math mm. of it, but just who do you think is going to wind up in that one? It's a fun conversation to have, I think. I, I don't like any options of going off your preseason pick, like unless your team's a tank. I kind of agree with that. You just yes. have to stick with it. I have the Patriots and the Packers. It's like, all right, they're, they're in the mix. Except to You're say not this. allowed to change. Except this. I, you know, it, you could see this in the preseason as a good matchup, but now that you've watched these teams play, Broncos at Colts would just be just just dandy stuff. I mean, how can you I imagine want to see how a rematch of Steelers Colts? I do. Well, I mean, that it, was it, it, a it, fun I, game to watch. It Mark, was. Um, it was more fun than the Broncos Colts game earlier in the year. Call me a bore, but I want hmm. another Brady Manning for all the marbles. One more. No, all right. We've enough. only got so Maybe much of them more. left. Yeah, yeah why not? I mean. Enough. Like Brady said, I can't I, I want, can't wait to see what I do when I'm, I'm his age <laughs> next year. <laughs> uh, all right. So, Greg, you wrote a piece on our site, uh, Winners and Losers from the first half of the season. Really good stuff. I enjoyed it. I Dan always condescendingly it. pretends that he reads our columns. Listen, champ. BJ. Right? No, call him BJ from now on. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Greg, you broke it down into two categories, moving up and moving down. <laughs> so uh, why don't we start with the tops of the list? So first moving up, you talk about the playoff races. You're excited about the playoff well, races. Well, I, I am kind of the playoff picture guru or whatever. I always write you about are, it on the site. I'm stuff. into it. 11 winning teams right now in the AFC. So that's fun. Ow. And then in the NFC, you've got the 49ers, Saints, and Seahawks all out of the playoff mix at midseason. So it just sets up for a delicious stew. And a lot of all the good, a lot of the good teams are all playing against each other down the stretch. I'm going to cherry pick here. Also, free agent wide receivers. And Wes, you have a, a piece up your biggest free agent signings in the NFL right now. Right at the top of the list, you have two guys: Bang, Golden Tate, and Steve Smith. Can't believe Steve didn't get number one on the list. That's how good Golden Tate has been. I, I told you last last podcast, I'd put him in a top ten list for MVP. You guys kind of wow. knocked uh, mm. the Broncos just assuming that they could easily replace Eric Decker, and they pretty much have done it with they Emmanuel have. Sanders. Absolutely. I, mean, I was dead wrong about Emmanuel Sanders. Now, in my defense, we did not see this guy in Pittsburgh. He wasn't making plays in traffic and burning people deep like he's been in Denver. Well, you that's can, right. you it, can it, there, that. there is a weird phenomenon that happens in most sports, and it's hard to put your finger on what happens from place to place. 
the easy one is Emmanuel Sanders hailed Peyton and, you know, the, the work ethic and everything else. And that is also uh, the correct one, by well, the way. Well, that might be true. Manning. There's probably something to that, that he coaches up his receivers better That's than, fine, than but, Ben does. But the, there is a counter to that that no one ever really does discuss, which is there are certain receivers that play better with a freelancing quarterback like Roethlisberger. Emmanuel Sanders, That's I mean, true. would, would Santonio San Holmes, I mean, listen, the, his departure – um, wasn't wasn't the greatest from Pittsburgh, but in his time there, there's not been a guy until really that now the emergence of Antonio Brown who worked better than than Santonio. Did. That they had a chemistry, which is basically when the play broke down, Santonio knew how to get back to him and find Roethlisberger's spot, and Roethlisberger would consistently connect with him, and Santonio would pay it off by making uh, making plays to me, after that's, the catch. That's why they got to re-sign Randall Cobb. He's I was going to say the same thing. He's yeah. that guy. He's the guy when the play breaks down. It's just the two of them yeah. figure it out. They have a mind meld when the play breaks did down. You put, uh, Rogers Des- looks for Cobb. Did you put Deshaun Jackson on the list? I need to check out this He's list. He's honorably though. mentioned. Mm. Brandon LaFell also has been a nice little – Honorably a lot mentioned. Of, a lot of good wide yeah. receivers. Mar- uh, Greg, you also have rookie wide receivers on your list of movers. Kelvin Benjamin, Sammy Watkins, Brandon Cooks. John Brown, all guys. Bottom of the list, your last two moving up entries. It gets me excited. Never thought I'd see this. Can never predict the NFL season. John Elway and Kyle Orton back to back at the bottom of the list. Kyle Orton. How good has uh, Kyle Orton been? The quiet warrior, <laughs> I mean, you put it. He, Sessler will be upset. If you didn't know who he was, you would think, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a who, who has he been as good this year. It's only been four games. But he's got eight yards per attempt, nine touchdowns, three interceptions. He's, been, he's, he's been, been very solid. Good as Eli Manning and Carson Palmer. Right. He's been better than Kyle Red Orton Cutler. ever was before. He's been Jay Cutler. Well, it's fun to Good look Jay at Cutler. him in, in, in a year where we saw a lot of young QBs play back up to start the season to these journeyman guys, McNown and so on. Orton, who was on no roster at the start of the season, has outperformed all those guys who teams foolishly thought, oh, yeah, we're going to roll with the, with this uh, 34-year-old uh, journeyman. And, yeah, he, he's a better option than the young big-arm kid. He's making people money. I mean, he's going to play another five years if he wants to, Orton, and he's going to keep Marone and their GM, Whaley, in their jobs for next year. Basically, Orton will be responsible for that. He's going to be responsible for an extension on their house. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, now we look at moving down. John Idzik's at the top of the list. We talked about him. I cannot talk about the Glacier anymore unless you have something no. else to add, Greg. Uh, tell me about the Bad NFC South. sweater choices, even. Oh, he's, oh, he's just the worst. He's one of those guys, the less he says, I feel like that press conference was a big advertisement for why he shouldn't be a leader what, of an organization. What's the uh, Jason Whitlock line that you sometimes cite uh, that – Mike Tannebaum is sitting back in his chair, rolling oh, yeah. a B, cackling. Cackling and rolling a blunt. Our <laughs> friend of the podcast, uh, Mike Tannenbaum. How did you feel, so though, bad Hansers, as a Jets fan? See, now watching, we are yeah. I, know, I don't want you, but, but did you, the patronizing, the Jets fans deserve better than this. And, and he also, black tie, if no one in this we room do, gets though. it, the, the, the tone that he took, like, a lot of responsibility. I've let down. <laughs> no, that was bad. I've let down countless New Yorkers. They like. Do you think you're Spider Man? What are you you with your your talk about the responsibility? <laughs> that is too great for you to understand. And then you know, saying that he's you know I've won before, and you haven't. He's, he was like a money man. A, yeah, what he was with Tampa and then Seattle. Counting beans in Seattle. Exactly. He's not that guy. The whole thing. 
disgust me. Anyway, so the <laughs> NFC South, uh, you have disappointed you, Greg. Well, it always has been my sneaky favorite division, the NFC South. Probably because I kind of like the Saints, and I always kind of I always like I, I always like Cam Newton and the Falcons are underrated. I thought the Bucks were gonna be good. It's just it's the worst they've ever been. This division, the the NFL usually fans usually ignore this division. Anyways, this year they should. Tomato cans. They are. Mm. The Falcons are terrible. See, you and uh, Rosenthal and Wessling, they use their eyeballs to break down X's and O's. I use <laughs> my gut, and I my gut told me as a human being in August, all I needed to see was the first 90 seconds that Tiva Smith walks into the Atlanta Falcons <laughs> room there to kibitz with the, the 80 or so guys. And his team is, we got, guys, we got to get – T- tough. We gotta get tougher, tougher guys. That's it. That, that's I, it. They're, that's they're going nowhere. This one year. of the more cringeworthy moments in Hard Knocks ever is that premiere where that was the entire basis of the episode, <laughs> and it was just done in such a clunky manner. Like that, they had no idea how to get tough, but it was mm. just like we need we, to we, be we tough. We got it. We got. You bring in on, Brian Cox gotta. and Mike Tice solves everything. Well, talk about cringeworthy. I I guess Damashek has a better window into you know, the soul of humans and yes. where they're going because yes. <laughs> Dan watched that same program and mm. took from it that this team's moral fiber is so hard. I'm going to – so great that I'm going to pick them to go to the playoffs. <laughs> I got sucked so you in. you said that this – it convinced Well, no, you. I definitely didn't incite the moral fiber of the team. But <laughs> I did – as, Greg, we've talked about that. It's very easy to get sucked into a team on hard knocks thinking they're going to be good. And not I, this year. Yeah, I and they were not good. They started out okay. Uh, but I don't know who said it today – uh, this has been such a long podcast because Dave's involved. You know? <laughs> oh, excuse me. You know, if they would have won that game in England, they're Wait, in the mix. The medium. That's right. But the medium is to talk. And yet I always get despaired <laughs> for talking. It's a crazy. On, I don't understand. Uh, all right. Finally, uh, let's just go over. Uh, what are we want to talk about Seattle's invincibility. Wes, you decide what Greg should talk on. Or Greg Nick Foles' long-term viability. Let's talk about one of these. <laughs> I feel like Seattle's been done to death. Let's hear about Nick Nick Foles. Will Nick Foles be the starter opening day next yeah, year? Yeah, Greg. Interesting. No. Ow! I think if he – I think he's going to continue playing like this, and I think if he continues playing like this, they're going to bring in at the least someone to compete with him, a good, strong – And why? Or, or draft someone. And why? Because he's not as good as he his numbers. He could bring a tomato can off the street to put up those numbers in this offense. Bring in Dennis Dixon or something from the old Oregon days. What about Mark Sanchez? G.J. Kinney. Yeah, maybe. I, I wouldn't be shocked if Sanchez plays this year, the Ooh. way things are going. I don't well, know. I mean, you know, that, uh, that seems silly until you consider, you know, is Clowney going to go on Sunday? Because if Clowney goes and, and you have Watt He's and playing. the crowd noise in Houston and everything, there's a chance that the Texans could take down the Eagles, and then that then the noise will really get loud out of Philly if if Foles underperforms against a big pass rush. I think the move is to bench him like after a win, like Chip Kelly. Hey, we're scoring 40 points, but this guy stinks. We should be scoring 60. Ooh, That's I like the that. Chip Kelly yeah. genius move. Hmm. Only a genius would do that. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, so let's get into the discussion of what teams we see – Falling off in the second half. This is a you know it's a midseason show on the Around the NFL podcast. So this will be teams that are doing well that I guess, Greg, are if the season ended today, if you played that dumb game, they would be in the playoffs or near the playoffs. Yeah, they have winning records. They're doing okay. Things are going well, and that could fall apart. Soon. And now that's all going to fall apart. So what we did, we all uh, 
we all went off independently. We sat down and, mm. and combed through the numbers and the schedules and picked teams who might fall off. So, the boss, we're going to start with you, Greg. Who mm. is the team you see falling off in the second half this season? Well, I'm cheating. I'm going to take two teams in the oh, AFC. Oh, come on. Well, it's the same. Oh. All right. All right. Well, we'll start with the Dolphins then. The okay. Dolphins and the Bills like for that. many of the same reasons. Good early in the season, but if you look at their – road schedule the rest of the way. You have some automatic losses at Denver, at New England, and then at Detroit also in the mix. And then some very tough home games against the Chargers, Bills, and Ravens. So I think they've benefited from a pretty early early season schedule. When the two of them face the Bills and the Dolphins in Week 11, that feels like an elimination game. Like you have to win that game to get into the playoffs. I – you know, we all we always know the Dolphins are going to fall off in the second half, though. I'm just saying they've it's got a, you know, that's a brutal not, schedule. Not gutsy, you know. Even if it was a a decent schedule or a, a favorable. This schedule, wasn't our they were bold prediction it. segment or anything. This okay. was just who's got a tough slate the rest of the way. Joe Philbin's fighting think? for his job. That's I, it. I don't think either of those teams is going to the playoffs. Hmm. Well, I'm, with, that, I'm with Greg. That continues with the same tepid tone that uh, <laughs> Rosenthal established there. You want bold. Is that what you're asking for, Hansen? Yeah, give us something big. You know who's going to fall off? Who? The Seattle Seahawks. They're already struggling, and everything is good. You know, Jeff Darlington on record this week. Oh, it's overrated. I I went into the locker room, and Russell Wilson (laughs) and Richard Sherman said there's no no (laughs) smoke here. So it must be true. And after surviving against Carolina, which is what they did, is survive in that game, they're going to get to 6-3 and three because they host the Raiders and then now the, the damaged New York Giants. So all these concerns will be long in the rearview mirror. But then look at what happens to their schedule. L- listen to this brutal six-game stretch. At KC, Cardinals, at mm. San Francisco on Thanksgiving night, mm. which you know means the crowd's going to be jacked up. At Philly, then the Niners back in Seattle – then at Arizona, Oof. they're going to have to go, by my count, I think they have to go better than 500 in that six-game stretch to make the postseason because if we assume six wins by the time they begin that and then let's say they win their home game uh, to close the season out at home against the Rams, that's seven wins. If they only go three and three in that uh, in that slate, ten wins I don't think gets them into the NFC postseason. No, I agree. I think it's going to be 11 this year. It's a top-heavy I – and mean, right now they're eighth. It's a top-heavy year. There's 11 AFC teams that have a winning record right now. It could be one of those years that a bunch of 10-6 and six teams don't get let in. By the way, is it just me or is Russell Wilson approaching even maybe going past Derek Jeter as far as the athlete that says nothing, that shuts down everything with this, the most cliched responses possible, <laughs> quite possibly now the most That's boring athlete in America? It's Peyton Manning's title. He, no, he already stole Peyton it. Manning's much better. Pa- Peyton drops a couple Peyton bits Manning in there. Peyton Manning is the godfather of that role. But he's got some bits, too, that he works in sometimes. Oh, he's got a, terrible. Lo- got a little bit of an uncle humor thing going on. Yeah, Russell Wilson bit. is just dry. I no, agree Russell with Russell Wilson is yet. incredibly boring. He's always been. I don't think that's a new one, but you're right. I, I hate all the, the shutting down. and He's also the one that the media will always defend, kind of like, we're damaged. Talking about a league where a starting quarterback was ordered to cut his hair and shave his mustache. It's a shame. It's <laughs> The league is worse for – sports is worse for the lack of personality and having it tamped down for the purposes of the team. It doesn't suit the individual, of course. Everybody, if they want to market themselves, should be Muhammad Ali or Charles Barkley or Shaq Fu. 
and instead it does, you know it's bad for the team so then Russell Wilson behaves like he's a political candidate and shame the devil if he says anything whereas Peyton Man- Manning does have a bad habit of uh of, it, it, the, well, it's actually funny. Is if you get under his skin, well, I think I've had some pretty good years. <laughs> if you ask him, like, "Hey, what's going on? You've you've gotten uh, picked off uh, four times in the last two games. What's going on?" I think my resume speaks. You can get under his skin pretty <laughs> it's good. It's true. It's true. And Peyton Manning, great commercial actor too, Wes, as you attest to, correct? Worst commercial yeah, actor ever. <laughs> All right, let's get back to this. Let me throw mine out there, and this this hurts me a little bit because uh, they are. And Dave, I don't know if you're aware of this, the official team of around the NFL this year is the San Diego Chargers, the mm-hmm. Super Chargers. Uh, I don't have a good feeling about the second half. They're 5-3 and three now, coming off back-to-back losses. They are at Miami this week. To me, that's a coin flip game. Uh, then they have their bye. Then they have Raiders and Rams at home, so that sets up pretty nice. you got to win both those games. Then it gets real tricky in the, in the back end, the last five games, at Ravens, home to Patriots, home to Broncos, at Niners, at Chiefs. Woo! Uh, so if they don't take care of business in the next three weeks, if they lose two of three in the next three weeks, which would be a surprise, especially with the Raiders involved, but not absolutely stunning, then they're in pretty hot water, I would think. That's the toughest closing stretch, I think, in the entire NFL. We do have an article about this up. Ooh, uh, NFL.com. Slash midseason report. Slash it's in there mid-season somewhere. midseason report. And look at all those Why games. did you talk over my hesitation before I said Oh, you, I forgot. It's my bit. I you forgot the bit. So it's an old bit. Okay. Um, I think they're going to be the underdogs in five of those games, five straight games possibly to end the season. They're not going to be favored in any one of those. Mm. Did we look at the schedule before we named <laughs> the teammate around the <laughs> NFL? I Listen, I did one worse. I picked them to win the division, mm. the division that includes the Denver <laughs> Broncos. The thing I didn't count on was, uh, was the Chiefs being relevant. I mean, this I, – I said uh, last week, I feel like no one – it talks about the Chiefs. It's really weird if you think about it. This, this team is now four and three. They've won four in a row. And nobody says boo about them. And what that says to me is it proves we all like the narratives that we establish. Hmm. And then if something goes against it, it's like, well, but I've written and talked a lot about that. Now I don't really want to acknowledge Wes, I was wrong about Wes that. Is nobody talks about them because every team in the league is four and three. All it's right, not that true. unique <laughs> to be the Chiefs. And by the way, we've talked about this. Uh, especially tough if they get San Francisco week 16, which they have. Uh, we've talked about they could San Francisco could be back to what we thought they were last year by then when they get a little more healthy and start to hit their groove as we expect them to do potentially. I think Chargers Chiefs, that's the early favorite for the Sunday night football mm. week 17 because they don't care. It can't go for ratings. They just go whatever game puts a winner into the playoffs, and that feels like that's going to be for the Maybe 16. Andy Reid will field his team this year. <laughs> Andy Reid, he, Wes, your team. I look at this a little bit differently. If you're a great team, it doesn't matter too much what's, what your schedule is. You're going to win more than your fair share of games. If you're a team that's been kind of lucky so far and you've been winning a lot of games in which one or two plays is a turning point, that's the Arizona Cardinals. And they have a tough schedule. They close versus Seattle and at San Francisco. Mm. That's really tough. I don't see them – they are what their record says they are, but they've also been lucky, and over the course of the year, that tends to even out a little bit. I think the Car- I think the Cardinals fall off. You could almost say the whole division has a tough slate at the end because they all play each other. And Arizona, they still have Dallas. They have Kansas City. They have Detroit. San Francisco actually looks like the one out of that group that's maybe Look, sitting pretty. They've gotten two division road games out of the way already. For a team that's played every game close, at Atlanta is no gimme. 
Mm. Well, and uh, you know, first of all, this is a massive weekend for some juicy matchups with uh, obviously Brady and, Brady and Peyton, but neither of those guys really needs it. I think both of those guys or both of those teams are obviously at least going to win their division for seeding, though it might be another matter. Ravens-Pittsburgh big, but the biggest of them all is that Cowboys-Cardinals game. I feel like whoever loses that game is in some le- – not – you know, their season, they're not off the rails, but they're in legit jeopardy of losing their division. If the Cardinals lose that one, the West's point, you know, the Seahaw- everybody who assumes, well, the Seahawks and 49ers are ultimately going to catch the Cardinals. That's, that's going to happen, except those two teams haven't played each other yet. So if they split that series, that puts them at four losses. The Cardinals have one. Even if the Seahawks were to sweep them, they still would have one game up on them. So the, the Cardinals need to beat the Cowboys this weekend. Conversely, if the Cowboys go into a two-game skid. Mm. See, their I mean, schedule's not too bad, but we, we did these bold predictions for the second half, and we wrote them on Monday. And mine was that the Cowboys won't make the playoffs, which is looking a little less bold now that they've lost to the Redskins and Romo got hurt. I mean, I could see that happening. Mm-hmm. They're a team I don't see many gimme wins. All right. Great work, guys. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. Well, I thought we all and really to you. brought the heat. Drop the hammer on the people. All right, let's get into the Thursday night game. Uh, this is a good Thursday night game. And and if I may uh, get a lollipop from some shadowy league figures, the first NFL Network game, no CBS. Sorry, Les Moonbase. The NFC South showdown between the Saints and the Panthers is uh, only on NFL Network, and it's a good game, very good game. It will decide uh, who moves into first place in the division. The Saints maybe got back on track with a big win at home over the Packers and Certainly looked explosive, uh, including Wes's boy, Mark Ingram, going mm-hmm. off. In Wes's boy of stables, stable of boys, excuse me, <laughs> Mark Ingram. Uh, and the Carolina Panthers, tough loss to the Seahawks in their own building. Now they have a big home game against the Saints, who stink on the road. How do we see it? I just wrote up this preview for the site. Mm. The Panthers have a problem up front. They're without both starting guards and left tackle Byron Bell. They're starting a rookie undrafted free agent at left tackle. Junior Collette is going to come off that side just licking his chops. Saints defense Gross. hasn't exactly traveled well in a while, like this entire year. That, this a, was a tough one a to pick point. because a road team. Pan, the, pan, the Saints have had problems in Carolina regardless over the last few years. And on a short week, I had a hard time picking the Saints, but I still did anyways because it just seems like they're getting their – mojo back together and Carolina's is not a very good team I think we're still thinking that there's parts of last year left but all they are is Cam Newton and that's about it yeah but that's a massive factor obviously is Cam Newton I I think that and he's an inconsistent performer obviously he's inconsistent with his accuracy so you never know when that's going to benefit the team he could explode on Thursday night the you know prime time all that and uh, and have a great game but that said Wes was the first one to call out Mark Ingram, and if they can stick to banging him like that uh, against uh, against uh, the the Carolina front there, I think they should win that game. Here's uh, I picked the Panthers, and mm. you guys made good points about they may not be that good a team, but yes, the Cam Newton factor, and then cannot sleep on the road element enough with the Saints. They're zero four at ho- on the road this season, and they've lost ten of twelve, including the playoffs. They're not just a mediocre road team. They're one of the worst road teams in football, and even coming off a great win uh, on Sunday night, I can't get behind them, and I won't pick them on the road until they win a big game, which this would be. And by the way, Aaron Rodgers doesn't get hurt in that game. I'm not 100% mm. sure that they even win that one. 
Carolina played pretty well last week against Seattle, I thought, for the most part. I mean, That's they, a misleading final score. Rich, Earl, or, uh, Russell Wilson blew two touchdowns in one series. Marshawn Lynch dropped a touchdown leading, leading yeah, going into halftime. You can make those cases See, in every game both no, ways. Seattle should have scored 25 or 30 Carolina points Carolina fumbled while on a handoff on the 10-yard line, and Kelvin Benjamin dropped a touchdown. You know, you can find that in both things. They actually – I don't know if they found – their defensive line is so bad this year compared to last year, but Coney Ely started showing up a little bit last week, maybe a little Here's the Coney problem. Ely sighting. Let me say this. I, this is something – this has been my big uh, my big observation or, or speculation, I should say, of the week and talk to Nate Burleson, who obviously is uh, lives up in Seattle and knows Marshawn Lynch and the rest. The premise that now Percy Harvin's gone, now they get back to Seahawks football. What got them there last year, just pound 25, 30 times a game, Marshawn Lynch. The problem is Marshawn Lynch isn't the sort of guy, knowing he's on his way out the door, the organization's made that clear. Hey, tote the ball for us. We're going to run you into the ground because we have no future with you. So just do our bidding for the next couple Which months Which is such here. a cold sentiment, by the way. It as is. As an aside, we always hear that all the time about a guy in the contract. You just run him. You don't need him next year. It's like, God, hey, I don't paddle. I don't get what the point is here. So if they ask him to carry it 25 times, he's going to say, nope, my limit's 20. I'm done for the day. No, but he is a banger. By, by the he's nature a, he's of his, averaging his, more yards per carry this year than last. The guess, only reason right. he's not having as good as a year because right, he's not you giving watch. him the ball. That's that's Damashek's prediction. There that there is a gathering cloud. <laughs> Listen, he's petulant on uh, on social media. Uh, with with the towards the team, I'm jumping no the White House. <laughs> what kind of who do you you think this guy's gonna be? Whatever you want, whatever you guys need. Just I have no doubt that he's petulant. I don't know how this theory actually not running hard. How about uh, that? Well, wouldn't that show up in the stats somehow or on film? It, no, I didn't say it had begun yet. Oh, I'm saying okay. as the season wears how is on, that, how is that going to help his value though? If he wants to make money now, I don't year. think he. That's my point. You have professional integrity, <laughs> and that's what carries the day. Hey, I want to have a career beyond Ooh. 2014. Ergo, I'm going to put out. I think Marshawn Lynch is the sort of guy who who's like, yeah, you want to you want to mistreat me? I'll show you. I'll mistreat you. Meanwhile, poor Panthers fans out there wondering that you know they used to be the team of ATL. Now they don't even get talked about in the their own segment. It is what it is. They're not exciting this year. Yeah, we don't reward mediocrity. And and by the way, just I don't know what they're good at. They're not good at anything. It will no, be a fascinating <laughs> case study, by the way. Marshawn Lynch in free agency, entering mm-hmm. his age 29 season. Somebody's going to probably overpay for him. If the Saints do win this game, suddenly your Super Bowl pick, which looked insane, at least they're going to look like heavy favorites to have a home game in the playoffs if they just win this game. It's almost like the first half never happened. They need three, if they though. get the defense getting a little better. It's exactly right. And there's no <laughs> dominant team in the NFC. Right. Well, then then you're the four seed at best probably in their situation. But it's almost like you the first half of the season really. doesn't happen if, if they win this game. Not it's a big really. Game. They right. could finish with the NFC's best How about record? Tiva Mike and his gang over in London? If they pull that one out against the Lions on Sunday, they're right in the middle of the, yeah, the crummy NFC South race. Yeah. They could absolutely win that terrible division. Just for scorekeeping, I, you have the Saints in this game. I do, too. Wes, Greg The does. Saints are my power Saints. pick this I have week. the Panthers. Duracell Saints. power Ooh. pick. Well, I, mm. I thought you'd be with me, Dave, by the way. I always love Cam Newton, and he gives them the so-called puncher's chance, but I just think practically Mark Ingram banging that uh, defense on the ground all day and is, is going to win out. I didn't, mi- I didn't miss that plug at all. Uh, great battery. That you might get a hero pick out of this. Sessler's also mm-hmm. on the Saints. Tasty. And that's it, gentlemen, for another edition of the Around the NFL podcast, the Wednesday edition. 
Dave Damashek, thank you so much for oh, joining us. Oh, the time was gay. I thought it was uh, it was uh, a lot of fun. Sorry I talked a lot. No, it, it was expected, <laughs> and we enjoyed it. So it's like a, a supersized version. You, Dave Damashek football program, the Sheck Report, football baby, NFL, all sorts of great Dave contact. Uh, and that's it for the show. This is Dan Hansis signing off for the mailman, the boss, and TD behind the glass. Until Thursday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.